0: Come and reminisce with us. This is 90s Till Infinity. It's Gav here from the guy who brought you BRL. 90s Till Infinity walks you down the road of the best decade ever, the 90s. Catch 90s Till Infinity on Mixcloud or a radio station near you, or find us at 90s Till Show on Facebook and Instagram. 90s Till Infinity. Keeping it retro. Reminisce with us. Blood yeah. stains the yeah. ground. Yeah. BRL, son. Peace, This is Nelson dialect. You're tuned in to Beats, Rhymes and Life. Well, this is B. You're listening to BRL. Yo,
1: this is Ray. You're listening
0: to BRL. What up? It's 360. Yeah, yeah. This is Nick Loopy from
1: One Day Spit Syndicate. I'm Seth Century. You're on Beats,
0: Rhymes and Life, and I endorse this product. Peace,
1: family. This is Elf West the Lion. On Beach Beats, Rhymes and Life. Stay tuned. This is where hip hop lives.
0: It is Beats, Rhymes and Live for now, joining us on the phone, a uh, first time guest and I can't believe I'm actually putting that and you together because uh, you come from a, a different time in Australian hip hop where I actually wasn't involved, but I was a Still listening to your releases, but uh, I've been talking about you and playing you for years on this show, but we've never actually had you on the show because, uh, well, for the first time in like ten years, you've dropped an album, Deelectrics. Thank you very much. Welcome thank to you. the program.
1: Thank you, my my man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And sorry it took ten years to uh, to uh, get through <laughs> to get through to the channel, but thank you so much for supporting my music regardless.
0: Not a problem. Now, um, it is the seminal question in every interview that you do, and I'm sure you probably uh, guzzle these cause uh, you know, you've, you've mentioned on record that you have four children. So we could say that you've got four children. Um, yep. uh, how do you take your coffee?
1: Very strong and frequently. <laughs> but, um, yeah. In abundance, up to a certain uh, point of the day, but no, uh, caffeine is is a must. Um, I start work at about oh, at the latest about six, sometimes five, sometime, uh, sometimes sometimes five thirty, sometimes five. So I'm getting up sort of you know four-ish, four ish, four four thirty. So um, yeah, man, coffee, yeah, <laughs> a, a bucket loads of coffee, all the coffee, please, <laughs> absolutely, <Definitely>, man.
0: Oh uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Now I've, I've only got quarter of your problems.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, look, yeah, still, it's still, it, it'll still get you. Oh, it does. One, one, four, five, ten, they, they'll get you regardless. They know how to wear you down, man. One, one can still do it.
0: Like I, it's, it's a, a well-known fact of um, BRL law that I'm a FIFO worker. So um, I, I, for for the absolute most part. Come home fresher from a night or a day on site than it is uh, to hang around with uh, Mr. Terrible Twos right now. Love that boy, but I am cooked if it's like a a day where it's uh, by myself and he's not at the grandparents or daycare or something like that and I'm home. Ooh.
1: <laughs> absolutely bro it can be very full on very hard to make uh, musical have anything outside of uh, family life that's for sure
0: oh definitely and uh, I was uh, actually thinking that in, in regards to like well where have you been for 10 years like 10 years you've been a dad <laughs> I'm like I, I know true. exactly where that time goes now I'm like I get it
1: <laughs> it's hard man it's hard but yeah very true, very
0: mm. true. so um, yeah yeah uh, is there any other sort of mitigating factors of the ten-year gap, or was it just literally real life took your time?
1: Oh, there are there are a lot, man. And if if we're capped at ten, fifteen minutes, I would have to abbreviate, uh, you know, what could be a five-hour-long conversation. Yep. Into a, in a into a more sort of you know succinct version. But on top of just having kids. Um, I think, I think the people that I came up with who were also on, say, OV's records or elephant tracks or, or um, similar sort of labels mm. and, and of a similar sort of size around the sort of early noughties, if you'd call it that. So you, you sort of 2010 through to sort of 2013, 14, when I sort of um, sort of hung my boots up, so to speak, for a little bit. I think, I think all of those artists who were, were sort of at the one, two, three – possibly for album mark, we're really hitting a part of like, is this a job? Um, you know, is this something that we do forever? Um, possibly the 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 artistry that they want to do or the, the sort of music and, and stuff that they want to do versus what gets people through the front door to a gig to pay those bills. So I was certainly, you know, I'm, I'm sort of talking on behalf of those other artists, but I was certainly at a point where. I didn't want to push any further towards uh, commercial acceptance. So I was just like, if I'm not going to push that and if I'm not going to try and make this a career, what do you actually do? And um, and I wasn't having the the greatest of times making records mm. or touring or promoting them. Not to say that I, I hated the records, so to speak, or hated the experience, but they, they just weren't the, the records I wanted to make. That, and they weren't really the things that would get people to to pay their ten, fifteen, or twenty bucks um, through through a door to the gig, and and to be honest, I was just unhealthy, man. So I was just like um, all of the things that we just said, and as I said, I've condensed it very quickly, something mm. smaller than, than and, and less detailed. But um, yeah, it was health. It was. Um, yeah, sort of artistic integrity, for lack of a, a better term. Um, it was kids. It was all of those stacked on top of each other. It was just like, I'm going to have a break and just see how we go. And that break turned out to be 10 years. So um, mm. Or, know, yeah, eight or nine years before I started to feel the urge or the at least the, the mental and creative help um, needed to, to make a project because it is a lot of effort. Uh, To feel like there was enough energy there on top of the kids and on top of the the sort of writing fatigue and the artistic fatigue and and whatever to to recharge the batteries took me at least seven seven to eight years. So and here we are. So that that's the short answer to it.
0: It's a it's a well I'm getting the detail and I'm reading between the lines of a lot of that. I'm just like yep because uh, it also might be where my head is at with this program <laughs> right now.
1: It's, oh, look, it it's might be a generational push. thing for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, I think that's, that's the thing as well because um, I, I think I'm actually a little bit older than you are as well you know I've had children late so uh, I can sort of see those reasons and also uh, they're very similar reasons as to why Downside took a nearly decade-long break as well yep so um, yeah real life gets in the way it it just does Um, also um, you kind of you kind of left at maybe the right point for uh, at least that era of the genre because it kind of has completely changed in the last ten years and uh, that uh, for lack of a better term obese era of uh, of the genre um, you know it's it the bubble burst on that as well around about the time you left so you got out at pretty well, much the right
1: time well I kind of saw the writing on the wall in a lot of ways like the the sort of the sort of writing and rapping and performing that I like to do wasn't not that it was getting less popular. I guess the stuff that I wanted to do was was never really mainstream. As far as like, um, I guess sort of faster raps and and um some of the beats that I was wanting to pick at that particular time were just not acceptable. Um, I had certain influences and, and was lucky enough to have people like DJ Two Buck who's got his finger on the pulse of every hip hop movement known to the planet, and he was sort of drip feeding me a whole range of of different styles and influences. um, And I just wouldn't be able to, wouldn't have been able to release what I wanted to release then. So I, you know, there there were certain artists that came sort of after I stopped that were very much in the vein of things that I wanted to do, you know, similar stuff like maybe Freddie Gibbs or um, Mm. um, run the jewels, for example. So sort of loud, noisy stuff with a different sort of BPM, they were taking on more of a, a southern sort of BPM of slower sort of stuff. So the, I was wanting to do that sort of, you know, style of of music back in 2011, 2012. But probably just knew it would sink badly at that particular time of year because, you know, they were the 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 following in the demographic wanted to hear Jimmy Ricard and No Sweet Sections and Outcasts. So that that's fine. It, it, mm. they're all great songs, but it, I artistically was wanting to do. Stuff that was slightly more experimental, stuff that was, um, you know, for lack of a better term, po- possibly more American yes. Australian. And I just knew knew that whatever I wanted to do was going to be, um, can I swear on your radio station or not?
0: Um, Yeah, that's fine.
1: <laughs> it, a shit fight. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, like, I, I just, I knew it was going to be up, an uphill battle trying to do the music I wanted to do. Plus, I saw that, you know, even though I was saying I wanted to do stuff that was sort of um u s uh, influenced the stuff that in the states a lot of it was he- heading in the, in the direction of sort of mumble rap so um you know I saw that as the end of someone like myself who you know slaves and labors over lyrics and stuff and, and wants it to be fast and choppy and and you know clearly articulated i I sort of saw that as the end of of me you know wanting to give it a push at least so <laughs> it was a it was definitely the writing was on the wall. And and a lot of my contemporaries and friends and, and other artists of the same age, as I said, they, they were making a a sort of clear cut decision to to make more commercial records, but I just wouldn't go in that direction. There's no there's no disrespect to any of them who who went more commercial or made a concerted effort to get a get more of a mainstream appeal or, or you know, they some of some of the the mates I grew up with were selling out sort of ten thousand capacity venues, or at least supporting artists who were selling out um, ten to twenty thousand capacity venues, and that just wasn't where my head was at. Um, mm. And sort of as I was saying before, I was I was probably a little bit unhealthy physically and mentally to want to do a leap of anything like that. So it was rather than just say I'm retiring and and you know do the fake retirement thing and they go oh I'm back I just sort of that said and done nothing. <laughs> just, yeah. um, uh, just took a chill pill and and um, yeah, there was just a, there was other sh- there was other stuff in the background there too. Yeah. There was you know other stuff to do with contracts and labels and and you know businessy stuff that yeah. they. I just would rather just do nothing and dry that out and then move forward once that all was cleared because I just didn't want to um, mm. make music. I didn't want to do so that that was. That was pretty much where I was at, and it's not like I waited ten years for the contracts to end. It just had naturally had its evolution, where a lot of the the sort of money and contractual shit I was tied to, um, it's it's now done, and I can do whatever the hell I like. You know, I can do a horror film, I can do yeah. a horror video clip, I can yes. do a, a a boom bat record, I can do a trap record, I can do whatever, whatever the hell I want, and if it sinks or swims, that's um, that's all on me. So it was it was a process of sort of. Health, family, and then yeah, sort of cleansing some of the, the intricate business trappings that I had. Um, you know, being a, a sub-pop uh, rap artist, I guess.
0: Hmm, it's uh, it's all the stuff that I've oh, kind of huh. suspected what happened to artists that sort of came out from uh, where you came out from. Like uh, you, uh, the uh, the the end of uh, Obese Records is an interesting sort of tale of, uh, you know, and it's all com- rumored conjecture cause you know, no one says anything. Um, and people who have said anything, okay. uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to quote cause there's, there's no, uh, you know, sort of repercussions for others to say things, but you know, you, you hear bits and pieces, but it's just like, yeah, it, it, it all was like going pretty well, at least in like, let's say even 2013, you know, uh, you know, semi-commercial success. People touring left and right on, um, you know, these these Australian hip hop labels. And um,
1: yeah,
0: about three years later, it's all gone. Like all of it's
1: gone. <laughs> oh, look, and you, and you know, to to be clear, like I none of the um, none of the business or indus, industry bullshit that I'm talking about mm. was to do with obese. Uh, it was for more other stuff on, on the other side of of that oh. so so sort of touring and and, um, and and also like other other things that you monetize music with which aren't which weren't oh these were, were an independent label so they acted and operated like an independent label to the end yeah. so they sort of let you deal with your publishing they let you deal with your tours they never took money off that oh, but okay, I, certainly had, I, I certainly had I certainly had things connected to that and companies and businesses connected to that that were just like they're just doing their job, you know. They're like wanting to fill venues and wanting to get publishing things and do do all the things that you do when you're a, an up and coming artist. And it just was, yeah, it was it was the extra shit on top of OVS and the touring and and whatever else um, that I just was like. And just even getting played on Triple J as much as I love them and they've they've shown me supreme love, like there's just a there's a, a sort of subtle pressure that if they've played everything you've done since you're 14, that you should be um, in some way taking them into consideration during the creative process. And I just was done with that as well. And that's no disrespect to Triple J whatsoever, but it's just like I wanted to be able to do whatever the hell I wanted to do. Mm. And um and if I I'd come to like I've been performing um live since I was 14 and recording since I was 14. I sort of hung my boots up at 28 so it had been about 14 years of back to back tours and albums. If I was going to come back I wanted to enjoy it and I wanted to do it strictly on the terms that I wanted to do and, and it just took a really long time to get there to be honest. Like it, it took me a long time, yeah, physically, mentally and artistically to be in a position to start writing again and, you know, I left maybe game fit and then took me several years to get game fit again as in you know get to a point where you can write a tune then write many tunes and then write an album and then consider doing shows or anything like that it took a long time to get back into it but yeah that that's the the sort of roundabout roundabouts of it like none none of my disdain of of or or, or lack of content content with with writing or releasing music had to do with obese mm. I, to, I, I personally had very fond memories of obese but it was a time period where similar sized independent um labels were going through the same stuff with with similar artists that where they, they that line in the sand of you know are you just a, an artist that played, played on triple j and do your, your two to 300 capacity um, venue and you do that so many times a year or do you, you take that next step and start to elevate like yeah, your drafts and your illies and obviously the hoods and, mm-hmm. and listen and all that. And it's just, you, you've got to, at some point you need to decide to, to want to gravitate towards it. And that, that point was then and I went, no. <laughs> I just went, no, nah, it's not. Um, and, and, and again, I, I have massive love for all the people I just mentioned there. But um, I wasn't going to consciously make that decision to, you know, I can ride a catchy hook like, like all those other artists that I just mentioned. I can do the things that they could do um, to, to get people through the door or, or sell albums or get them to stream or, or whatever. And I just went, I, I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just, I, I'd rather, you know, um, if, I, if I'm disliking the thing that I love, Maybe I should just go do a normal job for a bit and see how that goes. So, so that yeah. was it, man.
0: Fair it enough. Ed, and uh, Once again, all, every thought you've said, I've uh, said. I didn't have anywhere near the level of success in the uh, radio game, but I am. Uh, I can honestly say, for many, many reasons, which you've kind of just mentioned in uh, in a parallel way. I am so much happier that I do this in a show that I like and uh, not talking about Taylor Swift every day. I think it's, uh, it's just so much yeah, nicer.
1: well, I think anyone who's involved in entertainment um, at all will, will come to a, a clashing point with commercialism. And, um, you know, it might happen early, it might happen later on, but eventually you, you get to that fork in the road. You're particularly in in entertainment where you go, you you going to shrink or you're going to grow yes and you've got to pick which one you, you're going to go with and i and i just didn't want to pick that um you know mm. i didn't want to have to step towards commercialism any more than what i had done so that that's um yeah family health uh, mental health mm. that that's 10 years <laughs> absolutely
0: so um the 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 whole uh, approach obviously um uh, the whole approach to this record, uh, it seems a, a, a bit darker, but also um, having listened to the record with uh, ears that are looking down the barrel of 40 myself, it's it's more of like a, I'd say more of a a mature approach uh, to hip-hop these days. Of course, you know, there's all the, the rhyme and artwork and patterns and everything that's in any one of your records. It's uh, just a, a bit... Longer in the tooth, without any uh, better term. But uh, w- was that the sort of idea when you um, finally started to sit down and write and get creative again?
1: Oh, uh, um, it was it, sort of going back to what we were saying before. After taking a really long break, I was like, if you're going to write an album, it has to be an album. And given that in this day and age of streaming and the proliferation of singles and people just sort of like you know releasing stuff on soundcloud or youtube or dsps in general yeah. the art of making you know the record especially for like a physical release and someone to sit and listen and one sitting that is arguably a, a slowly dying art form so it's like you know if you're coming back from 10 years off, and 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 also there's, a, there's another side discussion to this, that I wanted to do things um, differently than what I'd done before. So if, if I was feeling fatigued or feeling that, you know, my heart wasn't hurt last time, well, it'd be silly for me to use the same people again, as in Obese Records or someone who produced the music or did the artwork, even though, you know, I, I, I love Plutonic Lab and I love, April 77, but you know, mm-hmm. the, the saying is, you know, trying to do the, repeating yourself or do, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity is just yes. like, well, do it differently, you know, pick different people, go through different routes. So I, I started out intentionally going different, trying trying to pick different producers I did, you know, I did hit up Plutonic Lab, but he was busy and doing other stuff. And um, yeah, again, no, no ill feelings to him. and Hopefully, work with him in the future. But you know, Plutonic had done the last two records, so it was it, I was fine that I could go with a, a separate. Um, and again, instead of using one producer, I was using a um, I was using a slew of different artists. At the time, I went from sort of five or four, and eventually shrunk down to three when we finalized the 10 tracks. But it was like sort of just pick something different the whole way through. So a different person doing the artwork, different person doing the beats. That was the first step. And then the other thing was, well, like I felt like, you know, by default of having one producer produce these records, they've had like a consistency. But if I'm picking all the beats and they're multiple producers, it was to really, the first thing was to focus on just the actual sound of the record. totally totally separated from the lyrics. So I went through very carefully as, much, as, as discerningly as I possibly could and picked the beats first. And I was like, that's track number one, that's beat one, that's mm. beat two, that's beat three, that's beat four. And I mapped the entire thing before I wrote the majority of the of the the whole record. So it was just like that's Old Man Flow, which starts it off, was always number one. Yeah. And, you know, number two, you know, even though it changed several tracks, every track that changed was always going to be number two. Number three was always number three, and I, and I wrote it linearly like that, and I've never, ever done it before. And, um, and I like to think it gives it a sort of playthrough effect where it should go one, two, three, four, five, all the way through to ten, and it should, it should segue nicely into each other because I've picked it to run like that. Mm. It's, it's been made to run from start to finish like a movie run. So, um, that was, I never had done that before. I just smash out a bunch of tunes and then they haphazardly fit. You know, that one works, that one doesn't work. And then, oh, this works better here. And then you sort of structure it later on, um, down the track. That one, I, this, this time around, I was like, this is an album. You're, you're facing an album. It's a marathon. Um, map every, and I, and I always consider myself a poor beat picker because I just love all types of hip hop and all beats. So that means you can be quite, um, Quite bad at, at getting a nice selection of tunes, and and probably the reason why why I've picked one producer to do it because then it you know hones you in, reins you into a, a sound. But this time around, I didn't have that luxury, so I was trying to be firstly a good beat picker, and then secondly get something that runs into itself for the for the duration of a record. Then write the record. So that was a pretty grueling way to do it, to be honest. Mm. Um, because yeah, it's like kind of writing a, a movie or a story or something because it, each song was had to link into the next in a strange way. So um yeah, it was I'm happy I did it. I whether someone could pick pick up on that as a listener, I'm not sure. A lot of people have said that they like it as a as a unit of track, so maybe it maybe it, it works, maybe it succeeds in that way.
0: Oh having uh, just listened to it in full uh Pretty much yesterday, <laughs> on a drive around uh, with a, a napping boy in the back seat, um, it, it well was. Done yeah, <laughs> it's the way I can get him down. <laughs> it's just the it's the drive. It's that it's that gravel motion, and then he just he goes out. I can't cuddle the boy to sleep. He won't do it. I must have a different vibe that he likes. I'm not his mother. Blah blah blah.
1: <laughs> but well, um, I'm glad you got it in. Yes, yeah. snuck it in.
0: Yes, <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, while that happened, uh, listen to the record, and yeah, uh, it flows really well. So uh, mission accomplished.
1: Thank you. That was the <laughs> that was the number one box to tick. So um, I'm glad at least some people um, felt that way. But yeah, that that was that was the main goal. It's just it's like I just feel like that. I could be wrong, but you know, it was, and also I guess a friend a friend of mine listened to it and he said, you know, it sounds. Confident or more confident than the last show I did. I, I just I wanted to come out with with just una, unashamed sort of confidence or or at least belief in what I was trying to achieve. And mm. firstly, was to make a a record that was playable, start to finish, in an era where the possibly the the art of the LP or the album is is not taken as seriously as what it used to be. Um, you know, I come from, you know, even just here. In, in this country we ha- we had the calling an, an incredible album start to finish Muppet Placonic, um hunger pains yep. Yeah. that that's an album start to finish um lyrical commission um in a stage of set they, these are things that you just press play and you you just leave them and they they do their thing so that was that was you know if you're going to write an album those are the those are the benchmarks and the high watermarks that I'm setting my standards against so yeah, I was just uh, start off with the beats, considering that I've, you know, traditionally been bad at picking beats. Make sure that they've got like a family, a home, and um, you know, in reflective of the tastes of, of where I'm at now. My tastes ten years from now to ten years ago are fairly different. They're still rap and whatever, but mm. um, you know, I was listening to a bucket load of alchemists. Um, I was listening to a lot of Freddie Gibbs I was listening to a lot of run the jewels I was listening to uh, you know all these things that you know for lack of a better term possibly could be described as crack rap you know rappers talking about you know, crack cocaine a lot where yeah and very 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 far away from um, crack cocaine sales so it 's like how do you reconcile those worlds of you know your your dad's uh, family, you know, mourning your grieving your, your dead dad, mm-hmm. uh, your spot where you're at there versus your musical tastes of Alchemist and Griselda and John, Conway the Machine or, or whatever, whatever. So again, it was an experiment, <laughs> experiment like, like Australian hip hop. You know, they never said that, you know, Aussie accents and hip hop would work. You know, does crack rap and dad rap work? You know. This is, yeah. the answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is this is the answer to that question and it either monumentally fails or possibly works
0: i no, i never got the um the idea that um yeah, the the soundtrack to uh you putting this together was uh, uh, Conway And uh, those Lies Going
1: <laughs> No I didn't do, didn't do too much Of that yeah. like none, <laughs> none of that Sort of stuff But just more Of a, the It's going back To that sort of Thing of what Challenges you And doing yep. things Differently Like I've, I've always Racked on Relatively quick beats mm. um, Whether they're Like fast boom ish Sort of beats for, for lack of a Better You know Description mm-hmm. Or I've gone Like half time and, and done like almost Southern sort of double time raps on stuff that's similar to drill or trap Mm. uh, BPMs. So it was trying to bridge also that weird BPM stuff. I've never, I've never rapped on slow, slow beats. And that for me is very difficult. So it's a huge, um, like I drum and, and drumming slow for me is quite difficult and rapping slow for me is just like, I'm terribly bad at it. Mm. So I, I just wanted to, um, yeah, try something that I'm not that great at, and and ran it for you know at least a third of the record. I, I think uh, is under sort of eighty BPM. Damn. And I just knew that also, you know, like I was with Kowski, the producer, and, and um, we were running through the record not long after a show. We'd we'd done a show the night before, done like a resin dogs sort of show. Mm. And um, he's like, man, how is this record going to perform live? I'm like, badly. <laughs> like, it's, it's just, just yeah you know, because he was because their their beats were so slow and so like we intentionally went back and that's going back to that sort of album mapping that I was talking about prior is that we went back to sort of you know, track two or track five or wherever and and, and we changed some of the beats to mm. be faster because it was a bit of a downer it was a bit it was even slower than what it currently is mm. so there's at least you know, three to four songs that are really slow And that's, um, that's sort of some of that alchemist, yeah, like um, Griselda influence, I guess, as is, 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 is far as the beat picking goes. So, you know, it, and yeah, it was a challenge. So that's that part of it.
0: Outstanding. Now, um, I, I kind of already know the answer to, to this, but um, we're going to get some hard copies soon, aren't we?
1: We, we are going, like I'm going to announce some, uh, a co- collab soon. Like it, the, the cat has semi been let out the bag with some of the, <laughs> the way that a promo the album. But there's another collaborative partner who's going to pop on board to um to release some wax and um we'll have some merch and other physicals to announce soon. But a hundred percent definitely going to get pressed um, to physicals.
0: Absolutely. And um you, you mentioned shows. Uh are you um are you gonna uh, hit the road or at least uh maybe some local venues to or do some launches or anything?
1: Definitely got some local gigs coming up. I'm situated in Melbourne now, so there's All there's right. a few um there's a few people getting at me for some Melbourne shows which I've committed to in the next couple of months. Um and yeah, yeah, if um If time and lifestyle permits me, I'll definitely hit the road and and do some sporadic shows and launch this thing and and just sort of, you know, um, have a wave on stage to anyone who's stuck around because I'm I'm very appreciative, yourself included. So the aim is to have a tour for this for sure.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, we'll we'll leave you because you've got to go uh – Check on <laughs> some sleeping children. True. I uh, if you if you heard in the background our uh, podcast version, I'm going to leave it in. You might have heard the uh, whinging of a two year old who opened the door, realised I was here, and got very upset when <laughs> he couldn't come in. So I'd go uh, give him a, a hug and say, yeah, "I'm sorry for ignoring you." Uh, <laughs> Beautiful dad life. Um, dad life. Dad life, indeed. Uh, Dear Electrics, um, an absolute pleasure to have you on the
1: program. Cheers, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Dropping EDM, hip hop, and a bunch of best beats programs around. If you want bangers, you'll be in the right place with Tune One. Tune1.com.au. That's
1: Tune, the number one.com.au. Tune One, proud show sponsor.